Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Later on in the show, I know it was last week, so I don't want to dwell on it too long, but I think I came up with a great solution to fix the Pro Bowl, even though they think they already fixed it with the flag football thing. But I got a different idea. We'll share it later. But right now, we go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. The big game is just uh, about four hours away now, and I've checked in with her each round of the playoffs so far, so I figured we got to do it again. She's the senior NFL analyst and content director for NBC Sports, also a host of the 3 and Out podcast. She is Samantha Bunton joining us now. Samantha, how you doing? I have a... Out of the gate here, first question, maybe the most important question of the interview. What is the best Super Bowl party side dish? So, like, not the wings and the pizza and the, the bigger items. Like, the side dish. Like, the dips, the snacks, the any anything that comes to mind. What is the, the best side dish? Oh, man. You guys are gonna, You're all going to hate me because I kind of hate, like, Super Bowl food. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm probably going to order sushi. Uh, that's, that's, that's unique, though. That's unique, though. Or, like, the vegetable tray or whatever. I don't know. I'm, like, the worst with Super Bowl food. Popcorn. I will say this about popcorn. Popcorn, outside of the kernels getting stuck in your teeth, is probably one of, like, it's like a top-tier snack. It is, in every form, it is delicious. Like, whether you get, like, the sort of bagged stuff that is more, it's not, like, true popcorn, or you, like, actually pop the corn yourself, yeah, it's it's great. I can can at least understand that answer, so I, I appreciate that. Appreciate you playing along, even if you don't indulge in the... Super Bowl food. Um, before we get more into the game coming up here in a few hours, um, Samantha, as a, a Cleveland native, somebody who's from this area, who puts herself through the misery of the early 2000s into the 2010s Cleveland Browns, you saw years of 1-15 and 0-16, and and watching Joe Thomas just waste away, um, but standing by the team through it all. What did it mean for you um, given your connection to this town and obviously the team, to see Joe be the one of the newest members of the the Hall of Fame class of 2023. Oh my gosh! Well, you know, whatever, however frustrating the Browns are, however mad they make us at various points for various reasons, but <laughs> it, I think it's kind of super important to hang on to the good parts so that our entire identity as Browns fans isn't just like, we're miserable, everything goes wrong. (laughs) And one of the things that went right in my lifetime, I understand that there were some 
things to be happier about uh, <laughs> before our time, Spencer. Yes. But something that we are old enough to remember, certainly, is the legacy of Joe Thomas, um, who was a tremendous, I think, on-field and off-field and sideline and locker room and in every other way you want to put it, presence from the city of Cleveland that kind of went beyond just being a really, really good football player. So I, I think it's tremendously valuable in that way and probably more so than if it were a person who just was good at football it was more about what he meant as a member of the community as a member of the Browns organization and what he meant to the city of Cleveland beyond just the fact that he was incredibly good at his job yeah and I do think too you know you bring up just the the happier moments that you can kind of reflect on I just think it's awesome that Joe not only means so much to the fans here in this town but that he like, it means a lot to him. Like, you don't find a lot of athletes who talk about Cleveland and embrace Cleveland the way that he did, and we love when athletes do, but Joe is kind of a different breed in that way. Oh, very much so. I mean, I think that for Clevelanders, outside of, like, you know, Bernie Kosar, and there's a couple of yeah. guys from sort of way back when, and then a lot of the, the people who have played for the then Indians and now Guardians organization um, for long periods of time, I, I think, have indicated that they were kind of treated well by the organization, and if we're talking about, say, the 90s Indians, by the fans as well. So they had some fond feelings. But, you know, so much of what we hear is people like Derek Anderson, you know, screaming at us all about how terrible we are on, our way, on their way out of town, or in some cases, 10 years later, when you're like, why are you still mad at us? So, um, <laughs> Like Johnny Manziel? Not to name yeah, names, but Johnny Manziel. Exactly. I mean, I just... I mean, it's easy with guys like that to say, well, the problem involving Johnny Manziel is always Johnny Manziel, and I'm pretty sure most of the problems involving Derek Anderson are about Derek Anderson. But because there's been a lot of that, and because it's kind of like the easy dunk to be like, oh, the Browns, I'll trash them on my way out of town. It's so lovely to see somebody who really has some nice things to say about the city and the organization, and has highlighted things that are... You know, it's not that there haven't been things wrong or things that are frustrating. There's a lot of good things, particularly about the fans in the area, that I think he was great to to recognize and sort of a, a culture where we often have guys who leave, whether it's after their retirement or after they're traded or released or what have you, who feel the need to kind of burn everything down on their way out of town. Yeah, very well said. So, Samantha Bunton joining us on the hotline. All right, we, we turn the page and look ahead to – Tonight's matchup, the Chiefs, the Eagles, there's been so many different storylines leading up to this one. The ankle of Patrick Mahomes, a big one. Obviously, the shoulder of Jalen Hurts. Um, And what it means for Patrick Mahomes' legacy is obviously one. The Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey story. There's so many. But what is your favorite storyline, Samantha, leading up to this game tonight? Uh, definitely not the Kelsey bullshit. I mean, I just, I want to talk. <laughs> so drawn out at this point, right? <laughs> people who are related to people on the other, you know, this was like the Harbaugh Bowl. Remember that one where you're um, like, by the end of it, you're like, stop, just stop. We get it. Who is this mom rooting for? I don't know. Probably both of them. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> but I, you know, for me, I think it's, probably the sort of very interesting injury situation with the quarterbacks that we have going on on both sides. I, I think that, you know, depending on, you know, what, what's really going on with Mahomes, which you and I talked about, I think the last time we talked about, like, is this really a high ankle sprain? Like, cause it's kind of technically impossible to come back from that in two weeks, even if as Patrick claimed you, you had some divine intervention going on to heal your ankle. But there's a, a valid argument out there that, you know, if he had in fact a different injury and, 
is my belief, uh, <laughs> that certainly he, he could be able to play through it, whatever that may be, and that you can look at this and say, well, is he the healthier quarterback of the two? Because with Hurts, I he's technically past the timetable for where he should be, let's say, close to 100% throwing on that shoulder. But downfield has never really been his strength. Um, I think that it's the kind of injury where you can only benefit from more rest, so whether he's really 100%. And maybe the more important question, or perhaps just the more interesting question is, well, which one matters more? If we assume that they're both, I don't know, 80% healthy, who does that favor? Is 80% of Pat Holmes more meaningful than 80% of Jalen Hurts? Or maybe if you ask it the other way, is a 20% drop for one of the other of these guys more impactful to this specific game? And I don't know what the answer is to that yet, which is sort of why I think it's fascinating. Few more minutes with Samantha Bunton here on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Uh, as you break down the X's and O's of this one, I think it's been well documented at this point that the Eagles seem to have the most talented team from a roster construction standpoint. But as you bring up Mahomes, and yeah, like dealing with some sort of injury, we understand he's in that territory at this point where you don't really want to bet against him. So without maybe giving away who you're picking, because we'll get to that here in a second. Um, where do you kind of look at this matchup and see advantages for either team that they could exploit? Well, let's see. For the Chiefs, I think it's about the fact that, number one, if you're involved in a close game, do you really bet against Pat Mahomes yeah. under any circumstances against anybody if it's close? And we can talk about whether it's, if it's a blowout, that's different. But in a close game, you have to give the edge to Mahomes. And if we look at these teams as relatively evenly matched, and I think that they are, then there's a good chance that's how it goes. So that's one piece of this. Um, certainly, I think that the Bengals gave us a great clinic in how not to deal with the Chiefs' offense <laughs> under the current uh, circumstances. It's not that the Bengals played a bad game. They didn't, but they really didn't even attempt to take advantage of what we, you and I talked about with Mahomes uh, the, the last time we spoke before that game, which was the if you have a, an ankle injury, you want to knock the guy off of the spot, right? So there's an advantage to be gained for Philadelphia in that defense if they were to, let's say, if nothing else, make him prove he can move on that ankle because we don't know that he can. So certainly, yeah, he survived an entire game on that ankle. So that's something, right? But we didn't really see the kind of pressure put on him by the Cincinnati defense that I personally would have thought uh, should have been the, the entire strategy there. So that's one interesting piece of this, certainly. And I also think from, you know, if you flip it around the other way um, and you look at sort of the Eagles and, and what they can do offensively and, and how that stacks up against a, a Kansas City defense, and I said the Eagles, they're not super creative, I guess, in terms of mixing it up, or I suppose it's more accurate to say they rely more on sort of forcing you to adjust and they do on the element of surprise. They tend to kind of do the same thing over and over until you prove you could beat it and then they move on to something else. And I'm very curious to see how that works out against the Kansas City defense that has struggled at times to kind of keep up with something like that and to make those adjustments at the times that they need to be made. And it's, you know, Spags is a very, very good defensive coordinator, but there are some holes in his game that I think are very exploitable by the talent that the Eagles possess. And I, I, I guess I kind of hate to bring this up because this is such a drawn out topic at this point. But like in the in the we see it in the NBA with like LeBron James and people talk about the Finals record and all this. 
What does a second loss and three appearances in the Super Bowl do for, I guess, the early stages of Patrick Mahomes' legacy? Because, um, listen, we it's undeniable how great he is from a talent standpoint, but we know how these these narratives go. They they sort of develop a mind of their own and just kind of snowball into this big thing where people start saying, well, how can he be this? How can he be that if he's not winning in the big game? So what do you – I guess maybe a better way to ask it is, does this game mean more to Pat Mahomes' legacy, you think, or Jalen Hurts? Oh, certainly more to Pat Mahomes because Jalen Hurts is only in his second full year of starting. You've That's got fair. a very, very long career at him, and he will have many opportunities. So – at this point, I think we don't really even know how to clap. Jalen Hurts told him that he's had a phenomenally good season, and I, I really believe very strongly in his future. For Pat Mahomes, we kind of already know what the bar is, and then the question is, can he meet and exceed the bar that he essentially set for himself? Uh, however, I have a little bit of trouble with this sort of, and I hate these sorts of negative storylines where we, we head in this direction, but you're absolutely right. They're going to be out there of, well, sure, he's been to all these Super Bowls, but he's lost most of them. And it's like, and how many of those Super Bowls that were lost by the Chiefs, and, and I will go ahead and include this one if the Chiefs do, in fact, end up losing, were because of the way that Pat Mahomes played? That's generally yeah. not what that's caused. Well, uh, people don't like context, Samantha, obviously. I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I too much content there? Uh, <laughs> we'll pull it back a little bit and be like, well, Sure. I mean, he chose to go out there on that ankle, right? He could have let Chad Honey take over. He chose not to do that. He did lead a 98-yard drive, just saying. (laughs) I'm I'm completely stirring the pot now. (laughs) Oh, man. No, you're you're right though. I mean, you're 100 percent right. Like that's that's the way these these narratives go, and they they sort of take on a life of their own, which which isn't fair. Like even with the LeBron example, like there's there's context as to why things play out the way they do, and it's not fully on that player. So I, I you're you're right. Like it's it's sort of a silly conversation to have, but we know that will be a topic of conversation on all the big national shows, the first takes and the undisputeds and all that. Like, oh, what is Patrick Mahomes' legacy if if we wake up, you know, tomorrow morning and it's a final score that favors the Eagles. Let me get you out of here with this. I don't want to take too much of your time leading up to the big game. Uh a player on the Chiefs side, not Patrick Mahomes, and a player on the Eagles side, not Jalen Hurts, who has to do something today, have an impact on the game today for that team to win, and then also give us your prediction. Who do you think wins this one? All right, for the Chiefs, I think it's Chris Jones. Uh, mm. if, you, if you don't get some really, really impactful play and, and at least a sack there and, and certainly some pressures out of Chris Jones, and I don't think there's a way for Kansas City to win this game. So that's my guy for the Chiefs. The Eagles, I'm really torn between Miles Sanders, who I think is going to be an instrumental part of the run game for them. And then also I am looking at Chauncey Gardner-Johnson as the guy who's going to have to kind of step up in these sorts of defensive coverages that the Eagles are going to have to play in order to deal with guys like Kelsey and the Chiefs when they get into that 13 personnel that they love so much that it's so difficult to defend. Uh, as for who wins, oh, man, this is tough. I, I think you can make a great argument for the Chiefs and that they have technically the more talented quarterback, the more proven quarterback, and also experience, which I think goes a long way. It's all of these guys that Kelsey and, most importantly, Mahomes and Andy Reid have been to the big dance before. They know how this one goes. But all that aside, I think I like the Eagles here. Mm. I don't know. It's probably just a feeling. I don't have a good 
X's and O's reason for this for you, other than that I think that the Eagles are better at adapting than the Chiefs in a sort of broader sense outside of playoff experience, <laughs> that sort of context. But uh, I'm taking the Eagles. I want the Eagles to win, so why not? And you know what? Like, if we're talking about, like, tired, played-out sports radio narratives, I'll say this. I'll, I'll give you a cliche to close this out. I think the Eagles want it more. Mm, okay. A little uh, mic drop from Samantha Bunton to get us out of here. She is the senior NFL analyst and content director at NBC Sports, also a co-host on the 3 and Out podcast, a Cleveland native as well. Appreciate, as always, the time. Enjoy the game tonight, Samantha. We'll definitely catch up during the offseason. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much, Spencer. Everybody enjoy the Super Bowl. All right, take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.